Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Here you go. Here you go. Sticky stuff. Nothing personal. Word of the day. It is April 20th, 2023. Sticky stuff is the word of the day. You say sticky, I say stuff. I think rosin. I think April 20th. Do you think that MLB looked at the calendar and the umpires looked at the calendar at the Mets Dodgers game and said, April 20th is tomorrow? Happy 420. Let's talk about sticky stuff. I think we've all had that sticky stuff, right? When you stick the paper clip and you try to clean out your your one hitter and then it's all sticky and you're looking at it and you say, hey, is that just rosin left? Or they say, is that resin? Happy 420. Stay with me for 44 more minutes. And after that, and after the Levitard show, and after some CBS Sports HQ, we can celebrate at 420. I didn't book anything for 420 today. I don't understand. You know what? I do understand. It's a holiday. Everybody gets a holiday. Happy everything day, right? It's That's how it works. You get Father's Day, Mother's Day, Sibling Day, Pet Day, Dog Day. What's wrong with 420 Day? All right. I'm going to go through some sticky stuff with you. We're live here on Nothing Personal, 8 a.m. every day. I've been up for hours because we're going to talk about what's going on in Oakland, but we're going to start with Max Scherzer. We're going to start with pitchers who know Going into this season, because MLB met with all teams during spring training and all players, we are changing the rules. We are trying to get the games faster. Yes. We are trying to get the game in motion. Yes. We are trying to help with offense. Yes. Think about when the NFL meets with teams after they change the pass interference rules or defensive holding rules. They walk into a clubhouse or a locker room. They meet with the offense. They meet with the defense. They're all together. The offense says, hip, hip, hooray. The defense says, well, that sucks. I can't do my job if I can't hold. When you meet a team and you change a rule, it's either going to benefit hitting or pitching. There is no rule that benefits both. That seems too binary, but... I can't think of one off the top of my head. So no sticky stuff, no foreign substances. MLB is developing with the help of the union and scientists and laboratories and testing in minor leagues, what would become uniform sticky stuff. This all started, go back to Garrett Cole, go back to spider tack, where spin rates were getting to the point because pitchers were using a substance that enabled them to hold on to the ball for a fraction of a millisecond longer and caused the ball to spin in a way that hitters are not used to seeing. If hitters do not recognize what's happening to the ball, they can't hit the ball. You can change whatever rule you want. There will not be any offense. You have to allow hitters to recognize the pitch. If you can do the same delivery, the same arm slot, which is what we teach, 
throw your fastball and changeup and curveball from the same arm slot and you will get hitters out. If you change arm slots, if you get under the ball on your curveball and you hang it, that's what a hanging curveball is. It's when you get under the ball. There's all sorts of things pitchers can do that make it easier for hitters to hit. And there's all sorts of things pitchers can do to make it more difficult to hit. The meetings that happen discussed, you may not use foreign substances and the umpires are checking not just in the fourth inning, not just in the third inning, but any inning after innings, before innings, they can check your fingers, they can check your gloves, they can check your pants, they can check your fly, they can check your shoes, they can check your hair. They can check anything they want. Does everyone understand me? On to the next team. Same thing told. So all players knew what the rules of engagement were. For the third time since substances were being checked, for the third time, we have a pitcher ejected, which leads to a 10-game suspension. And the pitcher is Max Scherzer. This is getting more attention because the pitcher is Max Scherzer. When Caleb Smith did it, it's not like we let off nothing personal. Well, maybe we did. Max Scherzer gets checked by Phil Cousy. He's an umpire. Everyone is saying he's involved with all of the sticky stuff ejections. Here's a little hint. When ejections happen, it's not just one umpire. It is multiple umpires on the crew who are looking and talking and deciding. It's not like a referee giving a technical foul in Major League Baseball. So Phil Cousy comes out, says to Scherzer, I checked you. Go wash your hands. Too sticky. Scherzer goes, washes his hands. We find out that he washes his hands with alcohol. You have no idea. Yeah, you do what it takes to get pine tar and rosin and all the stuff that batters and pitchers use during the course of a game. It is a pain in the neck to get it off your jersey, to get it off your hands, to get it off your skin. It's like triage after games with players cleaning themselves up. So he goes in, takes alcohol, and I don't mean the vodka kind, he washes it off, and then Max Scherzer reapplies just rosin. He gets approved in his mind by an MLB official who in theory is there to monitor. Here's a hint. If you want to be that MLB official, don't. It's not exactly a Mensa convention and I'm not in any way impugning the intelligence of the officials to do it. I'm merely saying it's like when MLB put MLB officials to make sure players weren't going into the video room during games. You may remember that. Stay out of the video room, not allowed. Okay, the COVID protocol guys, remember those? COVID protocol MLB officials are in the lobby of every hotel, no one can leave. Okay, Scherzer comes back out, gets checked, the umpires meet again, take the glove, throw them out. And then hell has broken loose. First the rules, then the sound, then the comments after the game, then what's gonna happen next. Start with the rules. If a player is ejected, for a foreign substance. Scherzer was not ejected for arguing with the umpire. He was ejected for use of a foreign substance. That carries with it an automatic 10 game suspension. That can be appealed by the player. There will be a hearing and then a result of the hearing and the result will be a 10 game suspension. That's the rule. Now let's talk about what Max Scherzer said. Coca's got some tape. 
He said, my hand's too sti sticky. And I said, I swear on my kid's life, I'm not using anything else. This is sweat and rosin, sweat and rosin. I keep saying it over and over. And they touch my hand, they say it's sticky. And I like, yes, it is because it's sweat and rosin. And they say it's too sticky. It's not, and it, it, they threw me out because of that. Right before you go on the island of Survivor, there is a, you meet with a psychologist and you take all these IQ tests, et cetera. And one of the things that is talked about, or at least was talked about to me, what, in addition to, hey, you may have to eat pork, was don't swear on your kids' lives. Because the problem is when you are living a lie and when you have to lie in order to protect yourself in the game, to move forward in the game, you don't want to tempt fate. That's always been sort of a credo of mine. I'll do a lot of things in my life some of which are bad, some of which are good. I never go with, I swear on my kids' lives. I have said, don't worry kids, this is safe because I'm doing it too and I care about my life more than I care about your life. So if I'm willing to go on this little plane, then you should be also. Or if I'm willing to eat at this restaurant and eat this food, you should be also. But when you are swearing on your kids' lives that all you had was rosin and sweat, you may be right that all you had was rosin and sweat, but is it really necessary? When you argue with someone, it's like when someone starts swearing. You're in the middle of an argument and they just say out of nowhere, F you. Well, what kind of argument is that? That's happened to me so many times actually on Levitar where people get emotional during their arguments. That's it, you've won. So Max, don't swear on your kids' lives, but when you know you have an appeal coming, don't talk. There was no reason for Max to in any way say anything to the media after the game. All I should have done is said, I am positive that I did nothing wrong and I look forward to the opportunity to prove that during my appeal. Stop. Max Scherzer was involved in the collective bargain agreement negotiations as a member of the executive council. Max Scherzer interjected himself into the collective bargain agreement negotiations. Max Scherzer did not make many friends either amongst his fellow players. Remember, he voted against the deal as well as other members of the council where all of the other team representatives voted for the deal. Max Scherzer did not make any friends within Major League Baseball. Am I now saying that Major League Baseball was out to get Max Scherzer? No. Am I saying that given the opportunity to enforce a penalty against Max Scherzer and Steve Cohn? Is that something that would make owners happy? Yes, but that doesn't make Max do what he did. So Max talked, shouldn't have. Then he had his agent talk. His agent is your friend, Scott Boras. Now you know that he's gonna come up with a quote and it was a quote for the ages. MLB standards and rules enforcement should mandate and require an objective, verifiable standard. If you want to attack the integrity of the competition, you need clear, precise standards or else you damage the game and its players. The koozie on-field spectrometer is not the answer. MLB needs to employ available scientific methods to create verifiable certainty of its rules. Hell yeah. It's April 20th. And I stand here agreeing with Scotty. In an ideal world, it would be uniform. It would be objective. It would be testable. 
you would take the glove into evidence, you'd have no chain of custody issues, you'd have a hearing immediately, you wouldn't worry whether or not the evidence got cleaned or touched the way it would in a regular court of law where an evidence is taken in, it's, it's sequestered away and can't be touched. The way they try to use and do that with PEDs, chain of custody is a very important part. I agree with Scott that it is possible that the rule should be that we do not leave it up to umpires. That would be amazing. Problem. They had a chance to make it so and didn't. Now, just because you have a chance to do something that don't doesn't mean that it shouldn't be done. I grant you. But in the middle of a collective bargaining negotiation, when you've got other issues to deal with, you are not going to die on the hill of we've got to have an objective, verifiable standard when it comes to suspensions for foreign substances. The reason is that it impacts so few people. The, the ejections are so rare, three since they started checking. So there's no way the union is going to trade anything in order to get an objective, verifiable standard and some sort of easy way to figure out whether or not a player was doing something illegal. So what was agreed to is that umpires have the discretion, umpires give their report, umpires decide what's too much and what's not enough. So what say you, umpires? The umpires were pretty clear. The level of stickiness on his hand was much worse than it was even in the initial inspection that had taken place two innings prior. This is talking to whether or not he had washed his hands and then reapplied. And him saying that he reapplied in front of an MLB official is the same thing as me saying the teacher was in the room, of course I didn't cheat. Not relevant. The umpire continued. This was the stickiest that it has been since I've been inspecting hands, which now goes back three seasons. It was so sticky that when we touched his hand, our fingers were sticking to his hand and whatever was on there remained on our fingers. It was far more than we had ever seen before on a pitcher in live action. Why does that matter in live action? Because when the umpires were educated as to what's allowed, what's not allowed, there were examples used. This is good and this is okay. This is no good. This is not okay. Umpires like referees in the NBA, like officials in the NFL, they go through scenarios, they watch videotape, they have, they have actual demonstrations. This is what we are looking for. This is what we want you to call. This is what we don't want you to call. You think the NFL or the NBA, they don't do the same thing? Of course they do, just like MLB. So when an umpire tells you that, that's the beginning, the middle, and the end. Should it not be? I happen to agree. Maybe it shouldn't be. Let's come up with a system where when a player is accused of having sticky stuff, that player is removed from the game and all of his equipment, strips naked, pictures taken, samples taken off his body, equipment taken, put into a vacuum sealed bag and shipped to a neutral location where members of the union and members of Major League Baseball, plus a few scientists, maybe Dr. Oz or Dr. Phil, will come and look at it all and then decide collectively whether or not it was too sticky, just sticky, just right, too hot, Goldilocks, not hot enough. Done, I like it, let's try that. Come on, that's not realistic. 
What's realistic is what happened. Are Mets fans pissed? Yes. Should they be? Yes. Is Max Scherzer going to lose his appeal? Yes. It's not rosin and sweat. The combination of rosin and sweat does not lead. You don't think rosin and sweat is combined when they're showing umpires what to look for? Rosin and sweat is a Tuesday. All pitchers are doing it. Don't add the sunscreen. Don't add the spider tack. Have you ever heard the expression that the people being tested are always ahead of the people doing the testing? Yeah, you're right. Nobody's using PEDs anymore. We're going to see what happens here, but it's going to be quick. The Mets are going to have to be prepared to be without Scherzer for two starts. Ten games is two starts. There's not going to be any further comment, nor should there be until the appeal is finished. And if MLB is smart, they will get this appeal done, get it announced, and then, in my opinion, you go back with a memo to the clubs and a memo to the players, and this time make sure the clubs show the players, but you do it through the union as well, giving exact examples of what took place and why this suspension happened. There's no reason for this type of off-field distraction. It hurts the game when the star pitcher is taken out of the game. It upsets fans. It pisses off players. No positives, but it's all done in the name of competitive integrity, making sure that the rule changes that were done to benefit the offense actually benefit the offense. So I'm going about my business, getting ready for April 20th, figuring out what time period I'm going to have to do what I want to do, thinking about what movie I'm going to watch and what snacks I'm going to eat and getting everything ready in my head. My eyes open at about 2.10. So I'd been asleep for a while, actually. I w- I'd been asleep. I- I- the last time I looked at the clock was, I remember this, actually, because I love this time. Does anyone else love 12.34? I love that time of day. There's just something about the numbers, the brain, one, two, three, four, love that. So wake up, look at my phone, and I see a few texts, I see a few stories, and then I start watching something, and then some stories break. Wouldn't you know it, the world has announced that the Oakland A's are moving to Vegas. It's done. You lost your way to see that I had that the A's aren't moving to Vegas. You lost your way to see that the A's are staying in Oakland and the deal is going to get done. It's over. It's an official announcement. And I said to myself, through groggy eyes and an outstretched arm, I said, that seems strange. Outstretched arm, does anyone get that? For all the old people, you should get that. An outstretched arm is how you read your phone when you're too lazy to reach for your glasses, except when you're 5'5 and your arm is still short. You really need like an arm extender. So at some point, just put on the damn glasses. So through an outstretched arm, I look and I say, well, wait a minute. I have no recollection of the Oakland A's ever applying for relocation. You have to apply for relocation and it is granted by the commissioner's office. Then once you apply for relocation, you have to get a deal done, a fee that's agreed to. Don't worry, baseball's not charging a fee, they said, for a team to move to Vegas. Okay, we'll see. So you have to agree to a fee. Then on top of that, you have to have a done deal And then on top of that, you need a vote. It's not like you can do a model. Is that what it's called? Do you remember what a model is? And I don't mean models. I don't mean Mitch Model from Model Sporting Goods. Are Mitch Model and Art Model related? Huh. How is it possible this is the first time I've ever thought of that in my life? 
That is crazy. Remember when Art Modell, the guy with the moving trucks, and they came in the middle of the night, and then they left, and everyone said under cover of night, the NFL just picked up and left? Well, in baseball, there's no middle of the night anything. It's all agreed to. So I'm looking and I'm saying, wait a minute, that's not agreed to. Let me read exactly what's going on in Oakland. And the answer is, wait for it. No, it was not Robert Ursay, Coca. Did Modell not move a team? Am I totally mixing this up? Ursay did the middle of the night and Modell just moved regularly in the middle of the day? Is that what happened? But that doesn't tell me whether Modells are actually related. Anyway, let me get back. What was announced yesterday is only that the A's had bought land in Vegas. That's it. They bought land in Vegas. Great. That doesn't mean they're one step closer to moving to Vegas. It doesn't mean they've already moved to Vegas. And the quotes and the statement back up what I'm saying, not what you're saying. So for everyone celebrating, let me be clear about this statement. The A's have signed a binding agreement to purchase land for a future ballpark in Vegas. That's coming from the Oakland A's. That has nothing to do with the relocation agreement. It has nothing to do with the stadium deal. It has nothing to do with public financing. The A's have signed a binding agreement to purchase land. Then they go on how for 20 years, the A's have focused on securing a new home for the club, blah, 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 blah. We recognize this is very hard to hear. We're disappointed that we've been unable to achieve our shared vision of a waterfront ballpark. As we shift our focus to Vegas, we'll continue to share details about next steps. I've done that press conference. I have stood up in two cities actually and done that press conference where I actually said, hey, there's nothing more we can do here. We are at our wits end. We've tried. We've tried so hard. We've tried everything. We've tried different sites. We've tried different financing structures and we can't get a deal. We have no choice but to go elsewhere. There's not one part of my body or one part of my digits that were not crossed when that was said because I knew I didn't have a deal done where I said I was going. There is no deal in Vegas. They have to go through the legislature. They have to get public financing. They're trying to tell you that they're building the stadium with private money, horse hockey. They need public money. Don't have it. Vegas has been very clear they're not gonna do any new taxes. But here's what the A's wanna do. The O-T-I-T-B, the oldest trick in the book. We're gonna create a special tax district. And inside this special tax district, and we're gonna draw it, and anything that goes on in this tax district, any taxes that are taken in in this district will go to the team. Well, wait a minute. Normally taxes, that would be in a development or when you buy a beer or a hot dog, those would go toward first responders or hospitals or teachers or doctors or lawyers or parks or museums or slot machines or show people. Do I really have to say show people, Coca? I don't wanna do a show if I have to say that. And show girls and show boys, how about that? Show people. <laughs> That's what a special taxing district is. They do those all over, you just don't know about it. They have them all over Florida, all over Miami. These special districts where the taxes inside actually go to the people inside. It's a wink, wink, how to get public money and still say, hey, it's all private. Ever heard of a payment in lieu of taxes? 
Ask the Yankees and Mets how much public money they use to build their ballparks. Give me a break. So that you're going to have a special taxing district, not approved, has to be voted on. On top of that, you're going to have to have tremendous infrastructure because what the A's want to do is they want to build a pedestrian bridge. This is so good. The land they bought is a mile and a half off the strip. They want their pie and they want to eat the special $4.99 buffet. Because what they're saying is that we want this team to be supported by locals and we want it to be convenient for the people of Las Vegas. So we're not going to put it on the strip. They can't get the land. We're going to put it a mile and a half off the strip, but we're going to build a bridge. By we, I mean you. There's going to be a bridge where people can walk. Don't worry, it's not hot during the summer. No problem, it's gonna be a very comfortable walk because people in Vegas walk everywhere in the middle of August. We're gonna do a little stroll, a mile and a half, and we're gonna get over the I-15, over a bridge, and we're gonna get to this special district. And by the way, wait for it, this is so good. They have an economic analyst who they hired, and they didn't hire it from uh, Coca and Samson Inc. Coca, that's another thing that we should really do because we could make serious money. You hire some sort of economic analyst to talk about how great it is. So here's what their economic analyst said. The new ballpark in Vegas will draw 400,000 incremental visitors annually to Vegas. That's just visitors coming only because the team is here in Vegas, said the team president. That brings a lot of tax dollars that helps the community pay for social services and benefits and really creates a positive return on yield for the whole project. Except the taxes that are created within that project go to us. Oh, but wait a minute. Let's do the math. Let's just say there's 80 home games. There's 81, but I don't feel like doing hard math. 400,000 divided by 80. Eight times five is four. One, two, three. No. Is that 5,000 people a game, Coca? You think 5,000 people a game are flying in to go to the game and they're gonna stay in the strip outside of your tax district and then stay in hotels and then walk the mile and a half over the pedestrian bridge? They could Uber, I guess. Maybe there could be shuttles. I always like to say that. We'll put the stadium anywhere and we'll do shuttles. We'll do parking. It'll be brilliant. People don't rent cars in Vegas when they're going to stay downtown or on the strip. I could hire anybody to tell you what number. If they're counting in their financials and they show that to MLB or they show that to the legislators in Nevada that we're going to get 400,000 incremental visitors per season during the summer, they're going to be laughed out of the Capitol building. It's insane. How much did they pay this guy? I'm not saying I'm not slandering you, Jeremy Aguero. I'm merely saying you're doing your job. Don't say you didn't know what the conclusion was supposed to be. You knew what your job was. Make sure you can convince people that we're gonna have 400,000 people a year. <laughs> Give me a break, would you please? But then they say, 70% of our fans are gonna be locals. Hmm. Hold on, let me do the math here. 400,000 people incrementally are coming but I guess that's just incrementally, but they're gonna go to more games, but 70% are gonna be locals. They're gonna wanna draw two and a half million people. 70% of two and a half million people is two and a half times three, which is seven and a half, right? So that means 750,000 people are gonna be coming not 
who are local. Hmm. But that's 400,000 incrementally, which means everyone who comes will go to 1.82 games. Yeah, I think that's right. Come on. So much more talking. Rob Manford gave a quote. It's the quote you want. It's the quote you need. You have to give this quote. You just have to if you're the commissioner. But listen to how he said it. He said, we support the A's turning their focus on Las Vegas and look forward to them bringing finality in this process by the end of the year. Do you want to know why the A's have to bring finality to this process by the end of the year? Because under the new collective bargain agreement, as of January 2024, if the A's don't have a stadium deal done, and the reason the union wants a stadium deal to be done is because in a new stadium, in theory, the payroll goes up. That's all the union cares about. They don't give a flying rat's ass where the teams play. They just want the payroll to go up. They want salaries to go up. They want total comp for all players to go up. They do not want owners taking revenue sharing and then keeping low payrolls. So what MLB had to agree to, and the owners were fine with it because they want to get the Oakland situation done, is that after January of 24, the A's can no longer receive revenue sharing if they do not have a completed stadium deal. Guess what? The A's without revenue sharing, I don't care how rich your owner is, D-O-N-E. That's not good for baseball and it's not going to happen. Therefore, you're gonna have a new stadium deal by January of 24. The Vegas legislature has 60 more days in session. The A's they're still negotiating with no matter what they say, no matter what the mayor says. This is page four of the playbook of what happens right at the very end before a stadium deal actually gets completed. The commissioner comes out and says, we're on fully supportive of them getting it done. The A's have to have a fall guy. It wasn't John Fisher. The owner's not going to be the bad guy, but the owner called the mayor to say, sorry, we're leaving. Give me a break. It's the team president who does the press release. When a stadium deal's announced, guess who's going to announce the deal? It'll be the owner, not the team president. But when you're announcing bad news, guess who that'll be? The team president, not the owner. And then the mayor gets to chime in. The mayor said, I'm deeply disappointed that the A's have chosen not to negotiate with the city of Oakland as a true partner in a way that respects the long relationship between the fans, the city, and the team. Yet it is clear to me the A's have no intention of staying in Oakland and have simply been using this process to try to extract a better deal out of Vegas. He got it so close, so close. They're doing it to extract a better deal out of you. That's the irony. Of course, the mayor's going to have to say what he's going to say because he wants to protect his constituents and he wants to get reelected. But at the end of the day, I am not changing my weight to see. I am not acknowledging the deal to Vegas is a done deal. Is it possible? Yeah. But am I comparing what people are doing now to the Expos moving to Washington as the A's moving because so many teams have moved out of Oakland? No. It is not nearly the same situation that existed in Montreal that exists in Oakland. That is too important and good a market. Everybody breathe, including you. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. It's April 20th, baby. 15 more minutes. You got this. I decided that I wasn't going to necessarily watch Fletch or Let It Ride. Those are my two highest ranked comedies on my top 100 because I love those movies and that's a great movie to watch on April 20th. Instead, I wanted to do a shout out to my friend and nemesis, Billy Corbin. We've reviewed a bunch of his movies on this show. He is a documentarian of the highest order, a sir in an industry where very few exist. Sir Billy did a movie called The Square Grouper, although it's not the, let me do that again, 4869. Billy Corbin directed a movie called Square Grouper. A square grouper is a nickname given to a bale of pot that gets thrown overboard like when you're in a boat and all of a sudden you see sirens and you take the bale of hay, except it's not hay, it's weed. Although in some places, if you get on the street, it's actually oregano and they throw it overboard. And in the 70s and 80s, these square groupers were washing up on shore like seashells or according to some environmentalist, whales. So Billy Corbin made a movie about it. It's so deliciously good. It feels so good to watch. He goes through people from Everglades City and all the different places where people are dealing weed. And he goes to people who have a religion where their religion is to smoke pot. Hell yeah. This was like the beginning to me. And then Cocaine Cowboys and The U and his most recent movie about the pool boy with uh, the uh, Jerry Falwell Jr. If you're looking for a movie not just to laugh, because then I would go with Let It Ride or Fletch. But if you're looking for a movie about weed, Pineapple Express would be a good one too. I would watch Square Grouper. If you have not seen it, you are missing watching Billy Corbin turn into the force that he is as a director. Square Grouper, Happy 420. Billy, there you go. A positive review for one of your movies. I actually have only done positive reviews. And what have you done for me? Okay. How about Tua? Let's talk about football a little bit. Tua met the media for the first time since his concussions. And uh, people were asking him about how he felt and how he was going to play. And I want to, uh, on a serious note, say that I'm very thankful that Tua is doing well and that he's recovered from his concussions. I am incredibly concerned about his life going forward, about his susceptibility to more concussions despite all the things he said during the press conference yesterday. Coca, do you have tape on Tua? Considered it, um, you know, for, for a time, um, having sat down with my family, um, having sat down with my wife and having those kind of, kind of conversations. But uh, really, it, it would be hard for me to, to, to walk away from, from this game. It's, it's my health, it's my body, it, you know, and I, I feel like this is what's best for me and, and, and my family. So, I mean, I, I love the game of football. You know, if I didn't, I would have quit a long time. Let me be clear that I'm consistent in my views. There is no way that I could possibly agree with Tua more. It is his health. It is his body, it is his choice. My job, if I'm running the National Football League, is to simply inform him. Here are the risks, 
Here are the rewards. And by the way, would you mind signing this release of liability form? Because he said something that was troubling, not in that tape, which was, they told me that CTE wasn't going to be a problem. It's only when you're constantly hitting your head against something. So I think that tailors more toward linebackers and linemen, guys that are constantly going at it. Tua, could you please call Jim McMahon for me as a favor before you decide what to do? If you think that quarterbacks do not have CTE and permanent long-term damage, now, how many times do you tell your kids wear sunscreen? Don't listen to the music too loud. You're gonna blow your eardrums out. Don't stare into the sun. You're gonna burn your retina. You could go blind. Don't cross your eyes. They could be stuck that way. And for the love of God, do not get a tattoo if you wanna get buried in a Jewish cemetery. I've heard them all. Some of them may be true. Some of them may not. But here's what is always true. When you're young, dumb, invincible, you can be told anything and spin it to agree with your narrative. To have a conclusory statement made that is not based in reality, but is based in your head. Tua didn't want to walk away from the money, the game, the competition, the fame, the fortune, the adulation. I get it. Kids like sitting in the sun. They like going to tanning booths. They like doing a lot of things that aren't good for them. It's a miracle that half of us didn't croak with all the things we did. And then some of us do who didn't do anything. That's the unbelievable irony of it all. Non-smokers dying of lung cancer. Bad stuff happens to good people all the time. But Tua, don't mislead parents or kids that quarterbacks are not in a position to have CTE. It's patently not true. What I prefer you just to say is what you said, my health, my body, my choice. I understand the dangers. My eyes are fully wide open and we've all sat down and we all agree that I'm playing and I wanna play, so I'm playing. I would have no issue. But don't mislead people into thinking that your position is good or have the Dolphins or anyone else get on the air and talk about jujitsu. I learned how to fall. I figured out how to get it done. I have a blue belt. Let me run this one thought by you, which I know you are going to accuse me of great cynicism. I really do get that. And I understand that I'm cynical, but I think that cynicism has been hardened like plaque and someone who doesn't brush his teeth. Tua does not have a long-term deal right now. Don't forget the Dolphins have not signed him past his rookie deal. He actually is on the last year. I wonder what his family would say if he had a guaranteed deal and when you don't play because of a concussion, you still get paid the full $120 million and you never had to put pads on again. Hmm. Nah, who would ever do that? Seriously, come on, folks. Please understand when you're listening to players talk or when you're listening to owners talk or when you're listening to commissioners talk or your boss or your friends or the people you work with, everyone has an agenda. I have an agenda. I want more people to listen to what I'm saying. That's it. Not on any side or the other. 
I'm really not. Tua, please stay healthy. Please. But jujitsu is not going to save your head. Nothing personal pick of the day. We went 2-0 and again. We are H-O-T, Coca. We're 58-55. and We had Ryan, uh, we had the Twins beating the Red Sox. Have you looked at Corey Kluber? Do you remember what I said on yesterday's show? Can we go to the tape right now of what I said about Corey Kluber and go? And Coca, I'll count you in. Three, two, one, go. Come on, Metal Arc. We need more equipment. If we did have the equipment, we could press a button, boom, and it would say, Corey Kluber is the Cy Young Award winner from years ago. He's not a Cy Young pitcher right now. He stinks, and the Red Sox are going to lose. He got crushed. Twins win. We win. Then we had the Bucks over the Heat. Wait to seize when I tell you something's going to happen. When it does, I'll revisit it. And when it doesn't, I told you I would too. I told you Giannis was going to play. I told you Ja was going to play. Well, Memphis beat the Lakers, and guess what Ja was doing? Exactly what you were doing. The Bucks crushed the Heat, and guess what Giannis was doing? Exactly what you were doing during the game. Waiting for 420. The Bucks were only favored by six over the Heat, and they crushed them 138-122. Sometimes in basketball, when your star is out, everyone around the star plays better. Not sustainable, but for a game, hell yeah. And when you've lost the first one at home already, double hell yeah. That means we're 2-0. All right, we have a big thing going on right now, tonight, and that's why I am have to delay how I celebrate 420, because at 1.45 p.m. today, I'll be on CBS Sports HQ talking about Fernando Tatis. He's back. Tatis's 80-game suspension is over. He never did it. He did do it. May have done it. Could have done it. He's back. The Padres are 135 over Tatis. 4869. The Padres and Tatis are 135 over the Diamondbacks. Fernando Tatis has a job to do. He's going to meet the media today, and I can assure you we're going to cover it tomorrow. And if he does, when he does, not if he's going to meet the media, he needs to stand there, needs to put on his Russell Crowe gladiator gear, put the helmet on, do some duck and covering, admit how wrong he was and ask and plead for forgiveness and talk about how you're going to help your team win. That's what I want you to do. It will be a major distraction. That said, Tatis is a really good baseball player. Not because he's torn it up in AAA during his rehab or during the end of his suspension. No. That really is not relevant. We don't look at that and say, oh, look at how good he is at AAA. We look at that for prospects and say, well, maybe let's bring him up when a, when a, when a young player's ready or when we have a 4A player. If they're doing well at AAA, we'll bring him up. I get that. When you're Tatis, if he had gone 0 for 30 at AAA or 30 for 30 at AAA during these rehab games, he's being called up and starting today against the Diamondbacks. No questions asked. Hard stop. So we're not looking at the results at all. We are merely trying to make sure that he is mentally prepared for what's going to happen when he comes back. Don't try to do too much. Make sure you address your teammates. Make sure you're humble. Make sure you're on the up and up. Don't do anything wrong. Don't make waves. Don't make noise. Let your play speak because our team is under 500 right now. So Tatis is coming back. I like the Padres. 
over the Diamondbacks. All right, in basketball, we have a game. You know, the Sixers are, here's how it works with a team when you are so much better. When it's a tight series and the Cleveland Knicks are tight, the Grizzlies Lakers, despite the score tight, actually, I think they're 1-1. All of these series that are 1-1, Clippers Suns, tight. There's something about the Sixers Nets that doesn't feel tight and not just because it's 2-0. When you have a team that you know should be winning and should be winning quickly, you really try to get that done in four. Not five, definitely not six, forget seven. You want the sweep. The Sixers have title aspirations this year. They know that going against the Bucks, going against the Celtics, they have got a tough road in front of them. You want to play as few games as possible. I expect the Sixers to be highly focused today against the Nets in Brooklyn, and I expect the Sixers to easily dispatch of the Nets in game three. They're favored by five. Take them. Sixers, five over Nets. Padres over the Diamondbacks. So as we finish up our show today, I want to remind you of one little nugget. When you are confronted with trying to understand whether a person is lying to you. One of the things you need is all the information, all the information about why that person is saying what he's saying, the person, what that person's agenda is. It's like negotiating with someone. You always want to understand where they're trying to get to. What are they trying to protect? What is the goal? What's their ambition? When you look at Max Scherzer, and think about what he said. You think about the position he held with the union. You think about how important it was to him not to ever use sticky stuff. And you think about him swearing on his kids' lives. You think about him telling you it's only rosin and sweat. And then you try to match that with me telling you that he's gonna be suspended for 10 games. How can you make sense of it all? The way to make sense of it all is that owners, presidents, GMs, players, fans, you, me, Coca. Self-preservation is the number one quality that we all share. And sometimes when you're backed into a corner, you dig yourself a bigger hole than is necessary. You do the calculus in your mind and you don't have the right result because the inputted information was faulty. In Max's case, he believes that the information that he inputted about what he used in his gloves was accurate, therefore he took the stand that he took, but he forgot to understand that we don't live in the world of sticky stuff that he may want or that Boris may want. We live in the world of sticky stuff where when the umpires say it's too sticky, you're gone for 10 games. It's just business. Enjoy the rest of your day. This is nothing personal.